Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside Garrett Jacobs Meyer and uh, Alex Jefferson. Boop, boop, boop. Hello, everyone. What's up? Good job with my name there. <laughs> I was going to say Joey Nagel, but he's stuck in Ireland and I messed me up. I wish you did. I wouldn't make fun of you so hard. Yeah. You've known us for years. How are you messing up our names? Joey you know, Nagel you know in Ireland. You know what's crazy is Jason has been both of our friends for seven years now Here we go. at minimum. And he still gets both of us confused. Me? Yes, you confuse Garrett and I all the time. Garrett does that. Garrett does that. Oh, he no, confuses you're, you you're and me. Right. Whoa, clear my name. You're right. My Whoa. Bad. Yeah, Jason sucks. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Red Sox. The Red Sox. The Red Sox. The Red Sox don't suck. The Red Sox. They were like 9-0 oh. and then they Whoa. lost like six straight. It's because they just they want to get people's expectations back down. They're up too high because everyone was pay, paying attention to the Red Sox. They were like, "Oh my God, look at the Red Sox! They're undefeated in spring training. They're the best team out there. They're gonna be good, maybe." And then they're like, "Hold up a second. We don't want them thinking that. Let's dial it back. Let's look like a garbage baseball team again." And that's what they're doing. Also, smart. part of it is What's also like, all your best players are like off playing at the WBC. Yeah, exactly. Devers is gone. Uh, Duran is gone, which is huge, Kike. obviously. Kike is gone. Your team leader is gone, dude. Justin Turner got hit in the face, so he's technically gone too. Yeah, that was um, that was insane. Yeah, so like, it's it's fine. Everything's fine. Now we're doing good. Um, uh, do you see? Do you see who was announced for the uh, opening day starter? Corey Kluber is your 2023 Red Sox opening day starter. The Klubot himself. Um, <laughs> And I would feel a lot better about this if it was 2015. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is 36 years old. He's the oldest Red Sox opening day pitcher since Kurt Schilling in 2007 when he was 40. So that's cool. But like, I like it, honestly, because it takes the pressure off Chris Sale. They're talking about on the Red Sox broadcast today about how when Kluber came here, he was talking to Sale and he's like, I want you just to be in uniform, taking it all in on opening day, which is also Chris Sale's birthday. Um, and Corey Kluber can take the ball, take the pressure off Chris Sale. Chris Sale can come in the next day or the day after that, whenever they slot him in, and just pitch without the the nerves and all the the hype of opening day. Chris Sale's back on the mound day one. Man, I would be really disappointed if that was any part of the decision. Uh, Chris Sale's your guy. Chris Sale's your dude. Chris Sale's your boy. I'm a little confused why he isn't, if he's healthy like we hope he is, why he isn't the opening day starter. And I would hope it's not for his feelings. He is <laughs> supposed to be well, the man. I, Garrett, I completely agree with you. I don't. But, well, okay, you have to be tough. It's okay like, to be it's wrong. Boston. Like, you got to be tough, dude. Like, Bro, if you're going to be Chris Sale, you need to go pitch opening day. Suck it up. I don't care what anyone thinks. Take your birthday bro, off. Bro, bro, bro. Have you guys met Chris? Well, okay. Do you know who Chris Sale is? The dude would probably trip on the top step running out there for opening yeah. day because he's so excited. I sort excited. of forgot who Chris Sale was. I don't remember what he looks like. His um, knee's going to pop out of his thigh if he tries to go out there on the mound opening day. Hey man, the pressure's on for this guy this whole season. Um, whatever, wish he stepped up for the plate, but let's see it, Chris Sale. He'll pitch the next day. I just, I don't yeah. think personally. I don't think the opening day starter is that big of a deal. It is a big deal. We're talking about it. The Red Sox know that we would talk about it. The Red Sox know everyone cares and looks at it. He should be put into the cast iron skillet and then not washed all year. <laughs> Get, like it's supposed to. J- Jason, they wouldn't go about making a whole Instagram like icon and picture 
to announce it if they didn't want people to talk about it. True. Well, yeah. So, okay, allegedly, though, apparently Alex Cora said at Sox Winter Weekend in January that Corey Kluber is going to be the opening day starter. Mm. So take that how you will. Um, so they, they had lots of time to create that graphic. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing that Chris Sale is not the opening day starter. Like, it doesn't mean he's not on the team. He's still there. Like, I think Corey Kluber, he's a, he's a veteran pitcher. He's 36 years old. He was one of the best pitchers in the game at one point. Like, he was a very, very dominant pitcher uh, in this generation of baseball. And I don't think that going with him as the opening day guy is a, a bad thing. I think he, he'll do – he's had a good spring training, too. Like he's no, he has. People, a good, he he pitched well today. Yeah, people. I don't think realize that he could still be a very good pitcher. Someone, um, I posted about it and someone, uh, Andrew Roberts told me apparently Kluber's throwing faster than he has in years. That could be part of the reason why he's the opening day starter. He's been looking be good. Nice. I've I've been watching his starts and I I do think that he looks good. So he pitched well today. Yeah, that's right. He did pitch today and he did well and he got the win. Uh, five innings, four hits, one run, six strikeouts. Love to see that. He's a 213 ERA so far in the spring training. So I like it. It is what it is. Like at the end of the day, is it like what one or two difference in starts, like total throughout the season, probably? Between well, yeah. Sale, if they're like both healthy the whole time, like it's really <laughs> not going to make that much of a difference. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't think especially if the Sox like rock with like a six man rotation or something or like a four man rotation. Yeah, I don't think they'll do the four, but I could see them doing the six. Yeah, that was scary. That was loud. <laughs> I don't know. The biker game Batmobile. coming for me. Batmobile. Um, yeah, so that happened. Um, another guy who came back today, Garrett Whitlock. That got me excited seeing him pitch again because it reminded me that he is still very good at uh, throwing a baseball. He pitched yeah. two innings, no hits, no runs, three strikeouts. See you later. He had a nine-pitch yeah, first inning that he pitched. So that That's about what I expect from him. I don't know. I really – I know you guys all think that he'll be a great starter, but I just like – I love the idea of having someone who can come in in a, like a long relief situation and shut down lineups for four innings which is what he did like when we first got him. Yeah, that would be sexy for real. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, I don't know, he, Garrett Whitlock's the guy, he had that quote where he's like, he'd be the janitor on the team just to be a part of it. So he'll take any role you give him. But I feel like he kind of deserves a shot at the rotation because he did come into the game as a starting pitcher. He's been a starting pitcher his whole career up till this point. And we gave him a little taste last year. He hurt himself and didn't get a real opportunity I feel like we kind of owe it to him to give him a real opportunity, especially while we still have Tanner Houck in the bullpen, who can be uh, the longer inning guy. However, Houck hasn't looked too amazing, which is a little concerning. Um, I've said in the past, give Garrett Whitlock a role and stick to it the whole season. I don't know anymore, thinking about it more, because it's hard to go from the bullpen to the rotation, but it's mm -hmm. not really that hard to go from the rotation to the bullpen. So... Say he's starting, he's doing fine, but you get some injuries in the bullpen, you have some surplus in the rotation because maybe Nick Pavetta's really good, Brian Bayo's whatever, and you're like, maybe we should put Garrett Whitlock in the bullpen now. Maybe that's what's best for the team at this point in time. 
but you have to start with him in the rotation first. So that's why I think it's it's a hundred percent the correct plan to start with him as a reliever or as a starter. Sorry, start with him in the rotation and then go from there. If you need him in the bullpen, then then that transition is a lot easier. Um, but honestly, it's Garrett Whitlock. I really think he's going to succeed wherever he is. I think that's a fantastic take. I think moving to the um, to the bullpen later could be something that's really helpful. Give him that vote of confidence, stick him in the yeah. start rotation, and then um, see how it plays out. This team should be focused on a in a see how it plays out type of um, strategy for this upcoming season. In a lot of ways, not every way, but in in that specific like with some of these guys that you don't know could be here, could be there. This is a good this is a good time to figure that out. Um, exactly. Some good high top tier analysis. One one guy I, I wanted to ask um, what you thought about Jason and Garrett because I was scrolling through the Red Sox Instagram and saw a post about him is uh, Yu Chang. Do you mean international legend Yu Chang? Yes. I'm. Do we do we think that with his recent dominance in the WBC <laughs> that we may see him? sometime this year on the roster i know he played like 10 games for us last year i was just looking it up so and he batted, and he batted like 150 but he was signed to a major league deal by the red sox um we had like you said we had him on the team for a little bit last year we dfa'd him or released him or whatever and then uh right after trevor story got the surgery we signed him back to a one-year deal major league deal um so that is significant uh to give some more context what you're talking about alex in the wbc he was named the mvp of pool a after going seven for 16 with two doubles two homers including a grand slam an awesome grand slam that went viral and eight rbis and two walks so he just exploded in the wbc um which i think is significant you look at alex verdugo he's one for 16 so far Sharon Duran's 0 for 5. Um, Yu Chang, yeah, he made a name for himself very quickly in the WBC. And I don't see why not like give him a shot. I feel like it's it's He's got a thick neck. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I'm looking at his baseball reference right now. But yeah, no, I agree with you, Jason. I think he should play at <laughs> the big league level. Do um do we think that the world? I was thinking about this. Does the World Baseball Classic carry a lot of weight? Um, projected? yeah, like how legitimate is yeah. like each player's success based on like yeah. the players that they're playing? No, a that's a people, that's a good question. Because uh, a lot I, of teams are feeling like nineteen-year-olds. Like I keep seeing the MLB <laughs> post about like a nineteen-year-old yeah. struck well, out Manny Machado. Because Canada had this nineteen-year-old pitcher go up against Team USA. Like the dude had to face the Avengers. It was he was 19 years old, younger than us, and he had to step up on the mound and face Trout. Tim Anderson, Mike Trout, Kyle Schwarber, Mookie Betts, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, like Kyle Tucker, Pete Alonso, no one ever not. Like it was a all-star team of future Hall of Famers, and he had to try to face those and just got lit up. Credit to him though, um, for well, going I, out there I, and I trying. <laughs> I think it was before the USA can- uh, Great Britain game. I saw like a Great Britain player, like, <laughs> oh my like, god, dude! Great oh. Britain, I hate aggressively. I thought like, those jerseys were lit, man. Those uniforms were stupid. Like, keep it uh, simple, uh, keep it straight, keep it sexy. Put them on the jerseys, and it was beautiful. A Don't kindergartner with it. a Crayola marker could have made a better jersey. 
Jason, you just you, think you, that you, fancy colors and yellow jerseys and all this over the top stupid like <laughs> you're a little child. You need your you need your TikTok. You need your immediate <laughs> freaking uh, uh, dopamine rush. You need your oh that's flashy and colorful. Nah, I'm down for the basics. I'm down for the cool stuff, the OG stuff. Like back in 1776 when they raised this good flag over this country for the first time. That was the time that we need to go back to beating Great Britain's butt, but keeping it also simple with cannons and ships. I'm arguing against Great Britain. I'm agreeing with you on that. That didn't make any sense. I'm saying that Great Britain sucks. You will never hear Jason in favor of anything European. That's correct. It has been begrudgingly been been like, oh, like you should get your passport to Jason for. I have a passport. It's valid for the next five years. Yes, son. Why I've been to Europe. <laughs> I've been to Europe. I've you been have, there, you, done that. You have? I went to England. Team. It's a piece of garbage. Team. How old were you? That Red Sox game they it was like 2018. I watched Steve Pierce make his Red Sox debut in June for the Red Sox in Switzerland. In Switzerland? I celebrated the 4th of July in London, England by ordering a Domino's pizza and watching the Red Sox play on my iPad. What kind of American are you, bro? 4th of July in... It wasn't my choice. I was in another country. I don't... (laughs) I don't want to tell you. All I can tell you is that Great Britain's uniforms were disgustingly awful. You got that disgusting gray sludge... And then just Great Britain written in block text, like it's, it's a sharpie across it's a the front. Sans serif. Um, Thanks. We have the exact font. There we go. Great. It's an and all caps. It, it's like an expanded all caps sans serif. Not font. only did it look awful, also it was spacing- falling off the jersey. The dude wiped his jersey, and the T just goes whoop. <laughs> also, all of the letters are like spaced out, um, like differently. Yeah, like the T and the A in Britain are like much farther apart than the A and the I and the I and the N. It's just bad, just bad. That, that's why they lost the war. <laughs> I don't think that's why. <laughs> no, seriously. And also, they don't know how to play baseball. It was so funny watching them attempt to play baseball. Like that's not their sport. We tried their sport. We played soccer and we tied them. They tried our sport. They get obliterated because they suck. Discuss the only reason that they're even like slightly competitive is because they have that one U.S. born player, Trace Thompson, who's actually a real major league baseball player and the brother of Clay Thompson. That's the only reason why they're somewhat competitive. You take him off, you have a bunch of plumbers out there like Mario trying to play baseball, and it just Mar- doesn't work. Mar- Mario's, Mario's Italian. Italian, I know he's Italian, I know that. I'm not talking, Mario's a plumber. Plumber got me thinking about Mario, they're plumbers. <laughs> I don't know. Do they plumb in in England? What are the, what's the English job that no, they do? They, they don't. Tea. Plumb. They're tea drinking idiots. Jason, we have the USA. They has- get the second base on a double. They get the first base. And they're like <sighs> drinking their tea is a celebration. Like that's you look ridiculous. Jason, Nothing says USA baseball like even- drinking a little bit of chamomile. What do, what do we do when we celebrate? When we get second base, <laughs> they salute. It's awesome. <laughs> oh oh my bad. <laughs> Jason, the U.S. hasn't even like qualified technically. For... Well, because because we have the worst pitchers imaginable. Because no actually talented pitcher is like, yeah, I'll go. We had Brady Singer out there just tossing meatballs. I saw Wainwright was pitching. 
Yeah, Wainwright throwing 82 mile per hour fastballs is awesome. Love that. <laughs> Lance Lynn's like 36 years old. Merrill Kelly's, and that's our pitching staff. It's crazy. We got, don't worry, guys. We got Daniel Bard though. It, it's crazy in Pool A that every single team went two and two. Is that the one Japan's in? It's Cuba, Italy, Netherlands, Panama, and Chinese Taipei. Oh, so yeah, none of them are good. What is Chinese? Taipei? I wish Italy was better. I love Italy. Italy is the European country I like because I'm a fake Italian. I love when they get on base and they do the the hand. It's so Italian. What? Is that all just the World Baseball Classics uh, celebrations? It's just like stereotypes. Yeah, pretty much. The, pretty I, much. I, Jason, I feel like you're making that up. I'm not making that up. You can look that up, but they all they do that when they get on base. Look it up. I know this stuff. I've been watching. I love the WBC. It's awesome. Incredible. It makes me feel things. Okay. Anyways, back on topic. Uh yeah, Yu Chang's very uh he was yeah. Oh, we got a <laughs> live quote from Joey Nagel in Ireland. <laughs> Big no on the Great Britain jerseys. Big no. So, That's does Mexico do Morocco? Morocco us? Morocco's? Morocco? Morocco is a place. Know. Morocco? Yeah, Morocco. Morocco. Do they compete? No, Morocco. No, not Morocco? the. No, no. You just did like the little Morocco, like the instrument with the sand and the wooden like. <laughs> uh, Those are thing. Maracas, yes. Morocco. Yeah. Is that what Morocco, they do? Do they do that yeah. for real? No, I don't know. I you just made that up. Okay, cool. Um. <laughs> Cool. Speaking of WBC, have you seen uh, Kiki Hernet Kike Hernandez's hair? <coughs> no. Fully bleached. Great look. <laughs> you should do it, Jason. I would if I played baseball. In you do. The, You're on. No, I know. I was gonna let me finish in the WBC. <laughs> then I would. If I was representing my home native country of Italy, then I absolutely would. You're not Italian. I know, and but in spirit, I am. Is that how that works? I make what? good pizzas. How does that make any sense? I don't. Uh... Aren't you? Wait, you're no. Anyways, just okay. It's you're fine. Middle Eastern. It's a little bit. It's fine. It's anyways. Um... <laughs> I feel Jorge like... Alfaro is one of the guys out there playing in the WBC for Team. You got Should it. Research Colombia. Man, this episode's going off the tracks here. I got to rein him back in. He yeah. is playing for Team Colombia. Yeah, Jorge Alfaro is playing for Team Colombia. And so the Red Sox catching situation is an interesting spot right now because Connor Wong injured his hamstring. So they still haven't really said how long he's going to be out for, but it, it seems that he's going to miss a little bit of time. And so that kind of opens the door for Jorge Alfaro, who I think should probably be on the roster regardless anyways because I think he's good. Is he, he the player the, we, we traded Vasquez for? No, he's just a dude that we signed to a minor league deal, but he, he's from the Padres. He was the Padres' backup catcher, um, and he's a very kind of unique catcher. He has, like, speed, um, and he's the guy who has the Aquaman hair. <laughs> Looks like Aquaman. Yeah. And hit um, a very, like, viral homer for the I don't know in the Dominican League this winter or something I don't know, but he's pretty good and I think and still relatively young I want to say he's maybe he's 20. thirty. Okay, 
Or he's 29. 29. I was going to say 28. And 29 is 29 and 277 days, Mm. according to baseball reference. Good thing it's not 278, because then he'd be too old. Oh, I mean, he's he's hit 18 18 home runs in a season before. Yeah, no, he's good. I don't know why... He's not already on. He's not even on the forty man. I don't think he's. I think he's just a spring training invite. Um, but we can we can work on that. He's got a career seven oh one OPS, which like at the catcher position, like nowadays, is pretty good. Man, I'm telling you, he's good. I'm all aboard the the Aquaman train. Oh, the Aquaman I boat. Guy, I remember him when he was on the Phillies. I didn't know he was on the Phillies. That's cool. Yeah, that's where he got his start. That that's right. Actually, he didn't have the hair. That's right. How is how is he defensively like a game con and stuff? I don't think he's the best, but I don't think he's awful. Okay. Reese McGuire is kind of really impressing me, though. I think he's kind of deserving of the catcher or the starting catcher spot at this point. Yeah, you keep you keep sending in the group chat like how you're on the Reese McGuire train. Like I just don't know that much about him because like we got him at the end of last year, and like yeah. at that point I was already kind of checked out. It's interesting because uh, he was scouted as a guy who just won't be able to hit. Like no one thought he'd ever have any kind of hit tool. And last season he batted 270 with in 250 at bats almost, three homers, 22 RBIs, 676 OPS, career 682 OPS guy. So he's done pretty well offensively for a catcher to this point. I feel like the re- the biggest reason why I am always talking about being on the the Reese McGuire train is because it feels like every single time I see him at bat, he gets a hit. He's just always getting hits. He's batting he's batting three hundred so far this spring, so he's pretty much getting the hit every third at bat. When I so it makes sense. He was fantastic once he got to Boston last year. Exactly, like after we traded for him, he was great for us. And as far as I know, um, I haven't looked too far into it, but I think he's a pretty good defensive catcher too. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I mean he's probably gonna drop less balls than Vasquez and throw more guys out than Plawecki. So, yeah, yeah. I mean last year he had thirty-one assists, like caught stealings, I guess, which is pretty good. Sixty-six uh, percent. That seems pretty high. Yeah, for like a catcher that. like nowadays, I like that. So I I kind of like where our catching position's at. I mean Connor Wong still has potential too. So we have three guys who can really contribute. Yeah. Um. Another guy, so there's the Red Sox have a few guys who are kind of on the edge of making the roster or not. Another guy that I really want to talk about, it's tough because I know Joey's big on him and he's still lost at sea or whatever he is. <laughs> Rymel Tapia, the outfielder, played for Toronto last year, has had the, uh, the inside the park homer where Jaron Duran just couldn't see it. So that's how I remember him. But he, he has been very impressive so far this spring training. He's an outfielder. And the Red Sox could probably use another outfielder. It's kind of between, I think, him and Rob Refsnyder are kind of in similar positions. They're both platoon. Refsnyder has looked bad. He looked, yes, but Alex Cora is in love with him. So that's a factor. Like, Alex Cora begged for him to be re-signed pretty much. Um, but Rymel Tapia is batting 407 so far this spring with a OPS well over 1,000. Two homers, five RBIs, two stolen bases. He, I honestly, when we signed him, I'm like, whatever, it's a depth guy, probably just going to be in the minors the whole time. I don't think I gave him enough credit. I think that he could really contribute for this team. I think he deserves a spot, especially, this is the big thing for me, is with the new shift restrictions and the new pitch clock where it makes stealing bases kind of 
easier, more common. This is a guy with speed and a guy who's a contact hitter. And so those are going to play really well in the the type of game that's going to be played this season. Um, he he's a career two seventy seven hitter. I'm so, I'm I'm looking at his standard numbers right now, and over the last two years, he's grounded into twenty double plays. But like with the shift kind of decreasing, like that's going to decrease. He's stolen twenty eight bases. He's had a twenty steal season. Um, you know he's hit gotten over fifty RBIs. Is like a not is more of a platoon guy the last two years. Like, I feel like it's just yeah. good value to have. Like, I feel like he's just good value. Absolutely. He's not getting like a, a starting role or outfield's pretty set, but he for sure could be a very useful utility guy, bench guy, some speed off the bench, contact off the bench. I, I honestly would pick him over, to, over most guys that are kind of on the edge of the roster right now. What's well, interesting to me that like, I feel like the Red Sox are kind of transitioning in their play style. Contact. Our contact and our yeah. speed, which is weird. It is weird, but you're right. Like, if you look at some of the guys on this team, like Masataki Yoshida is a contact guy. Alex Verdugo is a contact guy. Jaron Duran's a speed and contact guy. Uh, Kike is a speed and contact guy. Uh, Mondesi is a speed and contact guy. Justin Turner is a very good contact hitter. Devers hits everything. Um, Casas <laughs> is a good contact hitter for a power hitter. Reese McGuire is a contact guy. Uh, it's a, just a bunch of contact hitters, which, uh, again, they said it, Will Middlebrook said it on the broadcast today that contact hitters are going to be relevant again. They're going to be good again because of the shift rules and just the different style of play that we've seen so far this year. So I think the Red Sox are in a pretty good spot with that being considered, with the guys that they kind of built their roster around. It's looking pretty good. In that category, I don't think they're definitely not going to be up in the tops of the league in homers, but whatever. No, but I, I I keep telling my friends like this is a good team. Like it is. I'm excited. Like we're not going to be like you know like knock your socks off like the best team in baseball, but like it's a well constructed like if people stay healthy like it's a solid, well like good depth all the way through lineup. Depth is a good way to put it, I think, because you have a lot of different guys who can step up. Like, we're talking about all these guys on the edge of making the roster and not. If they don't make the roster, that means they're in the minors, ready to come up with injury happens or if someone's not doing well. Well, and then you also, like, you think about all the young guys that you still might want to see this year. Yeah. like Valdez, Rafaela, yeah. David Hamilton. By the way, David Hamilton, the shortstop prospect, he's the speed guy. That dude is fast. I love watching him steal bases. Faster than Duran? No. Jaron Duran's the fastest man alive. David Hamilton, probably number two, I'd say. Did you see, did you see um, Tyree Kilk won like the 16-year dash at like some indoor track competition? Yeah. Crazy, man. Duran could take him. <laughs> the cheetah, are you sure? I don't man, know. Man, I would pay to see that. Jaron Duran versus Tyree Kill in a, in a race, and then they have to fight each other after. That'd be interesting because both Bro, of them are jacked. Nobody's beating Tyree Kill in a race. <laughs> also, if you fight Tyree Kill, he'll like jump over you. He'll like he'll like attack you from above. He'll just like leap over you. Your ass. Yeah, like, you're not wrong. He's kind of like a frog. Slide under your legs and like rip one under you. Crazy. Yeah. Jason, is the next episode going to be the predictions episode? Probably. And I'm probably going to say some wild stuff that I'm going to regret. 
So. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's become a very common theme for you to to say things <clears> that you are like, oh, this is going to be such a good take, and then we come back at the end of the season and review it, and you're like, why? Hey, man, you miss a hundred percent on the shots you don't take, so you got to take them. So true. Shoot or shoot, shoot or shoot. So, what? Here's one thing that I want to say now. Christian Arroyo, I think, is going to have an incredible season. I think he deserves the starting second base role, not just the utility spot, not just a platoon spot, the starting second base job until Trevor Story gets back and you can reevaluate, but that that's a while away. I, Christian Arroyo is good. Yeah, he is. Um, Bro, you can't stop yawning. Clean it up. Dude, I'm I'd tired. Really what can I say? I've been doing a whole lot of nothing. Um, I'd be real happy with, with Kike staying in center field. Um, well, he's starting at shortstop. Yeah, well, they're, he's got. They're gonna platoon with um, what's his face? Um, Mondesi. Oh, yeah, they, he's. Well, he's play. not healthy yet. That's they, true. I kind of forgot about him, but yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's he's totally going to. They didn't get him for no reason at all. No, no, you're right. You're right. But I really think that Christian Rowe deserves a, a real spot. Um, he obviously has a real spot on the team, but he. He's batting 314 so far this spring with 857 OPS. Two homers, which both came in the same game. Um, one was a grand slam. I'm I'm huge on he's a great defender too. So Mondesi? No, I'm talking about Arroyo. Mondesi oh. is too, but Arroyo is a great defender. And I I'm huge on I'm huge on a lot of people's trains. I guess I'm just riding trains all day long, but Christian Arroyo, I'm on it. Choo choo. Riding trains all day long. <laughs> that Jason, that's an all-time quote from you. Because I'm just I'm imagining you in like a conductor's hat with like overalls on, like oh choo choo. No way. Ooh, we did the Irish Joey. Joey Nagel join us now from Ireland. Hey, what's up, buddy? What's up, lads? What's up, lads? <laughs> We're just talking about your guy, Christian Arroyo. What do you think about him? He's mashing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what else to say. Like, he's our starting second baseman now. So, what about yep. Tapia, Joey? Dude's not the best looking man on the planet, but whoa, right now that's uncalled for. Let's be real. It looks like he has the um, um, Medusa what do you call snakes? it? You know, no, the balloons that like clowns blow up, the really long ones. It looks like he has yellow ones hanging out at his hat. So I, I think more like HDMI cords, but HDMI yeah, fair enough. I mean it's like the thick ones, like the thick yellow, like yeah. it's, it's kind of like he has a fighting grown out of his head. Yeah. All right, there's Joey Nagel. Thanks for joining us, Joey. Go back to Ireland. All right. Just kidding. Um <laughs> Yeah. Maybe Joey can bring this show back on the rails. Rails, train. <laughs> See, it's all connected. <laughs> it's no, it's not. <laughs> You and your trains. I'm all aboard everyone's train. I'm the train conductor. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Christian Vasquez just went deep for Puerto Rico. Is it 2-0? Puerto Over Rico the against the Dominican. Uh, he hit a solo shot, I think. I miss him. I miss him, too. He's wearing like this little blazer thing. Looks good. See, they all got their hair bleached like Kiki. I don't know. I like it. I'm, I'm with it. I think we should do it. We're just if talking. If he does that. it, we do. We do. That's it. right. I'm more. I think I should get a mullet. I think it's time for my mullet era. So. I'm surprised yeah, it hasn't think, started yet. No Me way. too, honestly. Yeah. So we'll I kind of like Kike's haircut, like a bleach blonde faux hawk. I don't I think, think I can pull that off. I could pull it off. Yeah, uh, Jason. I think you could pull it off if you put pit vipers on. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. SeatGeek is the best ticket provider for uh, all sports, concert shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. And guess what, folks? We got a deal for you because you can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T. Get out there. Go to the WBC. Lots Bar. of games to see out there. Uh, the the um, Red Sox season is coming up. You can get out to some games and cheer on uh, the the guys out there doing their thing. You can uh, you can go to a Celtics game and watch watch Celtics. the team chuck, chuck ruins, 50 greens and make twelve. Yeah, lots of lots of games to go to. Now it's the time to buy some tickets with Siki. I uh, after this podcast, I think I'm going to buy some tickets to go see a concert at the new um, music hall right next to Fenway. So there you go. Anyone, Thinking about it, would that, that be the the dropkick the dropkick Murphy show, Garrett? Yeah, I think I'm just gonna go. I I think I was gonna go. When is it? Tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, I probably can't make it to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alex, unfortunate. Go. I'll come with you. All right, we gotta figure out how to get there. Okay, I'll go. It'll, it'll be late. Yeah. Joey, will you, what, Joey, will you be back from from Ireland? I come back tomorrow night. Joey, how come Ireland isn't in the WBC? Uh, cause I can't play for them or I'm not <laughs> playing for them right now. Yeah. I mean, I, my, my grand plan is to, um, is to one day manage them when they make the WBC. <laughs> yeah. I am actually eligible for great Britain. Um, if I had known about that, I would have tried out and probably made the team. You probably would have because they're garbage. Yeah. But Joey, it then you would have better with me. that terribly kerned like Jersey. Well, I would have fixed that. <laughs> of course if joey was there we'd have no problems with the jersey they'd be all <laughs> nice and spiffy joey solves every problem what are you talking about yeah yep it's true D- joey's in ireland promoting peace right now <laughs> yeah i'm on a hey, pilgrimage what, what time is it right there like 2 a.m no it's coming up on midnight coming up on oh. midnight yeah so when the clocks went forward they don't go forward here until an Another two weeks. So, oh, okay. what two, two weeks? Two week- I thought you were gonna say yeah. not at all. Just two weeks later, like, yeah, we'll change it now. Yeah, pretty much. That so, daylight savings time's a scam, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's ending like stupid. next year. It better. I'm sick of it. I don't need to see the sun earlier. I don't care later. It's whatever not it is, real. kind of like Babe Ruth. True. Did you just say Babe Ruth wasn't real? He's not. He's yes, not. he is. He's nah. not. Helen Keller's not real though. Oh, yes, yeah. she. Helen what? Keller is not no, real, dude. Yes, she is. How? What do you? Dude, are you telling not. me? Are you telling me not real, bro? All right, Alex, close your eyes and ears. I'm gonna teach you German. It just ain't gonna happen. That's it's not possible. Then write write me a bunch of books and fly a plane. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. She didn't fly a plane. She flew a plane. <laughs> she did not. That's that's the that's the mythical story of Helen Keller. She wrote books and flew a plane, though she can't see or hear and just went <laughs> noises. Wait a minute. She flew a plane. This is, okay, uh, ready? Yes, if you Google, did. yo, this is funny. If you Google, is Helen Keller real? It says, throughout her life, Helen Keller was accused of being a fraud. Her list of accomplishments, successes, becoming educated was, in becoming educated was impossible. Skeptics often claim because she could not see or hear. This is called ableism. <laughs> no, it is not. Wait, wait, yes, no, no, yes, no, no, it no, is. No, no, no. I, I have something to say. I have something to say. Okay, canceled. so I'm reading an article right now. 
According to an American Foundation for the Blind article, Wonderful Helen Keller flies a plane. She was able to fly the aircraft using tactical sign language communication. Tactical companion. Tactical she, sign language? She, what does that she mean? She Here's my blind thought. And my deaf thought right away. has always been if you're blind and deaf, what do you think in? What language do you think in? Portuguese. You hear English. You can't see English. No, she, English doesn't even she, exist to you. She developed exactly. the a disease at 19 months of age that caused her to become blind and okay, deaf. Okay, what do you remember from yeah, when you those were those other 18 months, months really made a no, difference? But like, what do you remember you, from age 11 months, As Alex? a psychology student and someone learning about how to learn language right now, I can tell you that, like, as a kid, like, when you're turning, like, 12 to 16 months, you're, like, processing all the sounds around you, and, like, it's building up a vocabulary in your brain. That, like, you start to, like, associate words with different actions. Like, she probably built up some sort of knowledge of German through her, like, first 18 months of life. I don't I don't understand why you don't think she's real. Like, I took French for six years. You know how much French I know? Not much. Jason, because you're much more adept at learning language when you're little. I have eyes that work and ears that work, though. <laughs> and you're telling me that if Helen <laughs> Keller came in my French class... With Madame Lackner, she would learn French. No, I'm not telling you that because what was Helen she Keller's wasn't 18 baseball months team? old. 18 months old, like you need to be like. What was Helen Keller's OPS? Could she get on base? Does I don't think so. Jason, what's your OPS? Higher than hers, probably. Career? Oh yeah. <laughs> you had an at bat, therefore it's higher. That's right. Now, she, if she was real, she'd have me on flying planes because I've never flown a plane. But neither is she because she's not real. Yes, she is. She's not real. She's a fraud. Fraud scam. Also, Stevie Wonder's not really blind. Yeah. I, you've heard, there are so many stories about him just driving cars. Yeah. He just likes wearing sunglasses. I'm, I do that too. I can tell people I'm blind, but I don't because I'm not a liar. Okay, I well, tell according people to LOC.gov, Stevie Wonder became blind shortly after birth. Jake Peavy's blind, too, but he pitched in the World Series for us. That is true. I was thinking about true. that literally today. I was like, it just I just remember every once in a while, Jake Peavy is legally blind. He's legally blind. He can't. He just can't see right. He's He's not allowed to drive the duck boat that he bought. Now that's a damn shame. I think we should All buy right. a, a, the, one of the duck boats as a podcast. I think we should. Yo, that should be our out. new studio. Yeah, an in the Bro, dugout duck boat. I looked up if Helen Keller's real or not. All right, I got a lot of people. I got a lot of explanations of blind deafness, and it takes like until three quarters down the page for it to say. Helen Keller's accomplishments were extraordinary. How she did what she did is somewhat unclear. Boy, you've been telling me this whole time that it was a fact that she did everything and that there's no way you could deny it. And how dumb it is that you're calling it fake. And all of a sudden, you just don't know how she did any of it. Halfway through the freaking article, I got qualms, bro. I got qualms. I got qualms. I got qualms up the wazoo out here. Listen, you bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the second I got on here, all the baseball nothing talk nothing. went out the window. There wasn't no, much never... to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> RBI single for Kike, and it's 4 nothing Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico! Puerto Rico! 
All right, what else we got Red Sox related, bro? Man. Uh, how are the questions? I've been looking? seeing some stuff on Twitter about Casas leading off. How do we feel about that? <laughs> Absolutely. No. Yes. No. Kike. Yeah, I mean, I'm between those two. I think Yoshida should be hitting. Um, it's tough because it's just a bunch of lefties. Because you got Casas, Yoshida, and Devers who are all lefties. So you got to yeah, mix well, that up somehow. I mean, the problem with the team right now is that all the best hitters are left-handed. Like if it would make things a lot easier if Casas was like right-handed, or if like Bob was actually good, because. There, there's not enough balance in the lineup for my liking because now, like, we know Yoshida's going to be hitting probably fourth. Um, and Cora already said that Turner is going to be hitting either. I think he, he said he's going to be hitting behind Devers. So if you put together the puzzle, that puts Devers at two, Turner three, Yoshida four. Um, and then that leads or that leaves that leadoff spot wide open. And if you wanted to keep the balance of, Right, left, right, left. It would be Kike, but like, I mean, I think the way the Casas has looked this spring, I would lean towards him because he sees a lot of pitches and he gets on base. But that's true. I, mean, I just don't like having one of your best power hitters at the one spot. Like, I feel like you want him lower where he can drive in runs. That that's fair, and that was always the conversation with Mookie too. I remember there were we were talking about Mookie moving from one to three so that he would have more RBI opportunities. Um, I mean, I don't know. There, it's. I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have if you have two, two guys who are more than qualified for leadoff. Like I would say Kike and Costas are both very much qualified for the leadoff position. I'd argue and for if Kike too. were to lead off, you have more of a stolen base threat with him, so. I guess that's a good argument for him too, but like the way that Costas is going and the way that this lineup kind of pans out, he would be hitting like sixth. And I don't know if I want him sixth. I think that's too, too down in the order for him. There's only two spots I like Kike. It's one or nine. First leadoff hitter or second leadoff hitter. I just yep. think that that's where he belongs. Um, I could, I could make an argument for him at the two spot if you're uh, hitting Yoshi number one, but they're not doing that to start. So I think that Kike plus Cora loves him in the leadoff spot. He's the captain of your team at this point, the leader. Why not have him batting first on opening day? Okay. So it would be Kike, Devers, Turner, Yoshi, Duval. Duval five, Casas six. What? Arroyo, Arroyo, Maguire. Maguire would be eight. Who's nine? Who uh Verdugo. Verdugo. But see, Verdugo can't be hitting ninth either. I don't. I think it. Okay, right. then put a Royal ninth. So then you'd have the Verdugo back seventh. Uh, but yeah. you know what? See, it's gonna happen. Well, yeah. Well, there's five lefties and four. It's gonna right. happen somewhere. There's gonna be two lefties in a row, no matter what. So yeah. What if you put Doogie lead off? Yeah. I like that. I wouldn't hate that either. So what? You Doogie lead off. Kike second, and then. Devers. No, no, I'd put Kike at not. Who's batting second? Devers. So you're going to have two lefties back-to-back to start off the game? Yeah, because it's two of your best hitters. Like, well, the way I look at it... Verdugo has reverse splits, I think, though. So that might he be does. okay. 
So that that does work too, but also like Devers hits righties and lefties equally. Like I don't really. Care. Yeah, he can hit it's anything not, if they're throwing a baseball. Like he'll hit it. Yeah, it's not like he's a platoon guy out there. So yeah, Verdugo, Devers, Turner, Yoshida, Duvall, Casas at six. Would you put Kike at seven, Maguire eight, Arroyo nine, or would you flip Arroyo and Maguire or uh, Kike? Kike. Uh, I feel yeah, like I kind of like I kind of like Arroyo at nine more than I like Kike. I don't know. I I'm big in the in the second leadoff idea because you got yeah. Kike at nine, and then say he gets on base, Verdugo either drives him in or Verdugo gets out, and then you have Devers up with Kike That's on a good base. Point. Yeah, I mean the way that you have to look at the second leadoff is just like it. He is your leadoff guy, just one less at bat, and. Yeah, once the game gets going, like none of the, the spots in the order really matter. The only thing that actually matters is you have Kike, Verdugo, Devers, yeah. Turner, or whatever. You know, like just I, I actually do kind of like Kike more at nine now that I think about it because if Arroyo's hitting seven, he's going to have slightly more opportunities with runners on. And um, I I don't know. I, I, I like his gap-to-gap hitting more than I like Kike's. Yeah. I feel like it's weird. Like I feel like every year with the Sox, you can like kind of predict their lineup just like based on the guys on the in the in the lineup. But I feel like you can't do that this year as easily. Yeah, yeah. there's. I mean, there's no way now that we know that Yoshi's hitting probably cleanup for us because the second we got him, everyone just penned him in to lead off. And yeah, they asked him in the press conference, "How do you feel about hitting leadoff?" He's like, "I've never done it before, but I'll try my best." Yeah. Yeah, so that I mean, if if you had Yoshida hitting leadoff, it's it's a lot easier to see how this comes together. But now that we know that he's basically not, um, there's a lot more that you can do with it, which I think is a good thing. Here's the other thing too: is we don't have to have the same lineup every day. Like this is a very dynamic and flexible team that can have a, a flexible lineup that changes from day to day like it's gonna be different when you're facing a righty versus a lefty you're facing a righty i'm more okay having back-to-back lefties at the top of the lineup you're facing a righty and then you then you kind of or facing a lefty then you mix it up because um like it i don't know reese mcguire may not play maybe you have jorge alfaro playing then or connor wong or whatever like there's going to be different things that happen first depending on who you're versing like so i think that there's not going to be a set lineup every day. Like the opening day lineup is going to be very different from the next day and the next day, probably like it's going to be kind of a revolving door kind of changing who's where. Um, Cause also the thing with Yoshida is he still technically hasn't played a regular season, major league baseball game. So you have no idea the, the fully the type of player that he's going to turn out to be. So he could end up being a three twenty hitter that you want at the top of your lineup. Or maybe he kind of falls to be like a 280, 300 hitter who has power and pop who's driving people in and hitting doubles. So it it's going to depend, too, on how some of the players kind of um, present themselves to start the season. Because, again, Alex Verdugo, too. You don't know if he's going to actually be good or not. Because I thought he was going to be incredible, and right now he's 1 for 16 for Team Mexico. So I don't know what's going to happen with him. Yeah, it's a good point, too. And then if... If someone like Duran makes the opening day roster, or I guess Tapia, the way that he's playing, yeah, that's a lefty in the outfield. That's someone you put in against a righty, and you're not going to play against a lefty. Um, I don't know. It, it, it there's so much mixing and matching that you can do with this Red Sox lineup, with this roster as a whole. 
Um, there's never going to be a set lineup that goes out two days in a row, three days in a row. It's going to be a lot of moving parts. And even Ref Snyder, too. Like, we forget yeah. about him. He's a really good hitter, right-handed bat. He's only going to play against lefties. So there's never going to be a day where – or there's never going to be a week where the Red Sox roll out the same lineup. We were yeah. talking about Ref Snyder earlier. We're not sure Ref Snyder makes the, the roster, at least not opening day. Uh, I think he does. He, he is an ML. This is the first MLB contract of his career, which means like I, I I'm pretty sure that there are no options on it. It's basically he either makes the opening day roster or he's DFA'd. Um, I would be shocked if they DFA'd him. Like he had a slow start to spring, but he homered yesterday, so he's in good shape. Um. I wouldn't worry about it. He's a guy, he's a grinder. Like he hustles, he plays a good outfield and he gets on base. So I, I have, I have no worries about him. Like, like there have been plenty of great Red Sox players in the past. Like Mookie struggled in spring all the time, but that's not a problem. And I'm yeah. not comparing to Mookie, but it's like just spring training. Spring don't training matter. Doesn't, it, it's another testament to spring training, not meaning anything like if Rymel Tapia makes the opening day roster, which I'm still unsure about, like there is a very good chance that he is garbage in the majors. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that, like I said before too, Alex Cora loves Rob Ref Snyder. And when you're looking at the, the 25th or the 26th guy on the roster, what the manager wants makes a big difference. And so I think that the fact that Cora wanted him back and wants him as the utility guy on his bench, that right there is enough to kind of sell um him a spot and and like we said like spring training doesn't matter it's very easy to buy into oh this guy's hitting 400 he's gonna be really good or this guy's hitting uh a buck 96 like it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah i mean my take on tapia right now i still don't think he makes the opening day roster because they have him on a minor league deal what about what do you think about jorge alfaro making because he's also on a minor league deal off the 40 man so He's a little different because I don't see the Red Sox carrying three catchers, but and I know that Wong is hurt right now, but um, there's been news that he's going to be like he's going to be okay. He'll be healthy by opening day. So the only question is, will they take him off or will they uh, open the season with him on the injured list? Um, so I think if if he's not on the injured list, then Alfaro doesn't make the opening day roster, but if he is, obviously he will. Um, I just don't see them carrying three catchers, but they might manipulate that Wong injury into a major league tryout for Alfaro without having to call him up necessarily. Yeah, I really want Alfaro on the team. I think he'd be great. Me too. We right now have Caleb Ort still on the 40-man, so he could get booted very easily. Um, Also, I'm looking for Ryan Brazier. We have this guy that I have never heard of before on the 40-man, according to MLB at Bat App, which could mean nothing. Like, it could just be an error. Someone named Alan Castro. He's an outfielder, number 88, 19 years old. What? It's okay. I'm going to guess that's an error because he has two at-bats this spring training. Oh, wait. The- no stats. He played for single-A Salem last year. Huh. I don't that's know why... That could that could just be a non-roster invite that got placed in the. It wrong says team. March twelfth, second baseman Alan Castro assigned to Boston Red Sox. That's weird because it's not showing up under the transaction tabs in the app bad app for March twelfth. 
Oh, no, for March 11th. He was assigned. No, these are just minor league call-ups. Is Marcelo Meyer, is he on the 40-man? No, he's not. No. That's got to be an error then. I have no Uh, idea who this guy is, but... Apparently, he's very much, like, real, though, because he was uh, fifth in the Red Sox affiliate uh, trip... uh, What? Yeah, triples leaders. 2022, he was fifth on the Red Sox affiliate triples leaders. Raphael was first, Lugo, Polino, Hamilton, Duran, Bonacci. Oh, wow, he's young. He's 19. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Dude, it has been so hard following Red Sox games from over here because I can't watch them. And I'm just seeing that, like, Marcelo Meyer has an RBI double. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, he did. I mean, it's great, but, like... like he looked who... good at the plate, too. Dude, I posted the highlight. Check out Red Sox. I, I, I out, saw man. that. That's how I found out. But, yeah. like, who is Tyler McDonough? Oh, I don't even know. And why is he playing for my Red Sox? Like, <laughs> especially now because uh, now that minor league camp has started, there are guys going up and down on a daily basis. It is impossible to follow them right now. Well, it's because we played a split squad, so they added extra guys. That, that did throw it off too, because dude, I was getting peppered with notifications. Yeah. All right. Well, anyone else got anything else to say about the Sox or anything else? I'm excited. We cooking up predict- uh, predictions for next time. Yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll uh, get some predictions going for the next episode and drop some hot takes as always. Right. So stay tuned for that one. That'll be a, a classic big episode. Um, but for Make now, sure throw questions in. Less than two weeks yeah. till Cluebot. Oh, who we got? Who's our prediction for the winner in the WBC right now? Japan. Mm. They were my pick before it started. <laughs> it's Japan. This is where Shohei Otani becomes. A top five most recognizable athlete in the entire world. How's their pitching, though? They have Shohei Otani, Yu Darvish, and Roki Sasaki. I'm not worried. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. I, I don't know. I like Puerto Rico and the Dominican both have good shot, uh, good shot. But yeah, but they're playing right now, so this game will be very kind of indicative of, of what's going to happen. It, it would be pretty crazy if the DR gets bounced in the group stage. But, I mean, that th- that group is crazy tough. Oh, my God. Venezuela. Dominican, Puerto Rico. Don't sleep on Venezuela. I didn't realize how good the their roster was. I know, but don't like. I didn't realize how good they were until I saw their roster or their lineup before the first game. Like, they yeah. they, they have some kind of lineup. Yeah. Um, also, did you guys talk about Colombia completely ripping off the Red Sox jerseys? I noticed that. I for, I didn't even mention that. Yeah, their uh their jerseys look exactly like our City Connect jerseys. Yeah. So um, look, the U.S. better mercy rule them tonight because that's kind of messed up. I was just gonna say this. I don't think the U.S. is gonna win. I don't think they're good. I I think well, obviously the I offense is really good, but their pitching is just so not. Yeah, it. and I know, and it's ridiculous. Like every the top ten best pitchers in terms of war are all not participating like the top 10 uh american born pitchers in terms of war are not participating in the wbc that's pretty ridiculous no like, i understand you- it though i i get yeah, like- it but but you realize that all these pitchers for all these other countries they're all on pitch counts no matter what like they're yeah 
Well, I saw I saw a video of Corbin Burns talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I got invited like last year on the All Star break, and I was like, I'll, I'll see how I do by the end of the season." And he was like, "I." Like, I just want to be ready for opening day, like for the Brewers. Like, I don't want to do anything that can kind of put myself at risk. And, and pitching, it's not just pitching in an extra baseball game. It's pitching in a playoff atmosphere where you're, you're on even more adrenaline and kind of straining your body even more and, you, and all that kind of stuff, which puts you at more risk to overdo it and injury, whatever. I understand it. It's really unfortunate because I wish that some of the, the best players were playing, like the best pitchers were playing. But I, I understand why they chose not to or their teams i feel like a lot of it it was the teams not wanting them to do it either it it was um team usa ace adam wainwright he uh he tweeted at carabas yesterday and he was explaining that um there were more elite pitchers that actually wanted to participate but it was the teams that got in the way right and the insurance that the teams have they said that um that any injuries related to the wbc would void their insurance so it's really unfortunate and it's something that MLB needs to figure out because like if if team USA loses the WBC, it is all on their pitching. Like they're the oh, ones 100%. responsible. I feel like that's we, such a bad look too. It is, especially like if you guys remember in 2017, the last WBC, um a lot of star players sat out for that one too, including Mike Trout. And then immediately after it ended, Mike Trout said, I am committing to the next one. I will play in it. And he's playing it. It it's it's really annoying. You know, it's classic Garrett Cole letting down his country. He's a, <laughs> a turncoat. He's a he's a red coat. He's um just not patriotic. He's you know, he doesn't care about all three hundred and fifty million people in America, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. All right. On that note, I think that's a good note to leave it there. Um, We will see you next time on the In Dugout Podcast. Thanks for listening.